You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the SportsDaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Guiding you through the preseason all the way to week one versus the Saints, we've got you covered. If you have a question you'd like us to answer for you on the show, hit us up on Twitter at J.J. Leahy or at Gil Packers. Or you can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Gil, we finally made it. This is the final week of the preseason. We do have a bye week next week and then real football. But first, we <laughs> do have to play the Bills. Uh, sounds like Jordan Love is on track to play this week, which is nice. Very nice and very necessary because hopefully, if everything goes well, we don't see much of Jordan Love for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm fine if he wants to come out and do some kneel downs. I'm, you know, I, Mr. Tim Boyle probably will hold the record for all time for the worst leading rusher for the Packers of all time with something like negative 30 yards from all of his kneel downs. <laughs> but uh, I'd be OK if Jordan Love started challenging that record this year. That'd be a badge of honor. That'd be a good thing. All right. Well, we're going to do our 53, our official 53 projection because this is it. The next time we talk, we'll have the actual real numbers. And so we are going to go through the roster and try and give our listeners our best pick for who we think is going to make the roster. I think this will be fun. Um, we're going to we're going to give you uh, a picture of who we feel are locks and which jobs are up in the air, which jobs are there to be won. And I think, I think it'll be fun Gil, for you and I to compare uh, when we come back next week, our, our uh, projections and see who got closer to what the Packers actually roll out there with. Yeah. Should be interesting. And uh, I'll tell you, this is a lot of tough decisions on Brian Gutekind's plate between now and the start of the season, and I'll take it a step further. The people we see on the on the 53, I think it's next Tuesday when it's officially announced, they may not be the same 53 that line up in week one. I think there's going to be some additions from the outside before the season actually gets underway. Well, I think one position that I would really agree with you on there might be a long snapper. Hunter Bradley has really not done himself any favors this past week. There was a particularly dismal practice for him where it was like it wasn't even like a uh, up 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 tempo, you know, game simulation practice. It was just a normal low key practice. And he went three for six, I believe, with three misfires in his snaps. And, you know, uh, Joe Fortunato has already been released. That was the long snapper that the Packers brought in to compete with Hunter. They ended up needing that roster spot pretty early on in the preseason. So Joe's been gone for a while. I really would not be surprised if the Packers do go ahead and put Bradley on the initial 53 and then start bringing in some long snappers um, to, you know, have them come in and do a workout. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter does not make it to week one. On the other hand, you know, special teams and disappointment for me go hand in hand. So maybe Gutekunst says, eh, it's just long snapper. Who cares? And he lets, <laughs> lets Hunter roll into the season. Well, let's hope Hunter has a better week this week and, and plays better in the game against Buffalo as well. And maybe, you know, maybe that solidifies his roster spot for now. Wouldn't be shocked at all if they bring in some long snappers on a tryout next week, though. I don't care who is doing our long snapping. I just I want to not care. I you should not know your long snappers name. <laughs> Unless they've been on the team for like a decade. Yeah, exactly. The less you hear about your long snapper, the better job he's doing. Well, let's look at this roster here. So I compiled over the last 10 years, what are the average number of players that the Packers keep at each position? I sent that over to you and we we put together our 53 and we have not compared our 53s. I don't know who's on yours. I would guess that that uh, what's that young fellow's name who throws the football? Aaron Rodgers. I, I would guess he's probably made it onto your list. But outside of that, it was a close call. But yeah, there's some question marks. <laughs> so let's 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 start right at quarterback. All right. Yeah. Uh, my thought is that there are two quarterback spots here on the 53. I agree with that. And, uh, to me, it's Rogers and Jordan love. Oh, I was saying, uh, Kurt Benkert and Jake Dolgala. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, so <laughs> Kurt Benkert, the, the Packers may have a hard time sneaking Kurt Benkert onto their practice squad. It's possible. I, I think they could do it though. And the, the question really is whether you feel like you need to roll into the season with three quarterbacks. I think that there are enough positions of need across the roster that you you just you can't burn another roster spot on quarterback. Maybe the Packers will do it. I know a lot of folks would be excited because they love Kurt and I love Kurt, too. But I'm keeping two here. I think three is clearly the max number that that the Packers would keep. Yeah, to me, you know, how Jordan Love looks and how he feels this week will go a long way. If Jordan Love is still not 100% or if he's not performing well, if that shoulder is still bothering him, that increases the chances that they try to keep Kurt Bankert on the final 53. I think they're going for two quarterbacks and Bankert, they'll try to keep him on the practice squad. Running back is tricky. Because it's a position that has changed a little bit over the last 10 years. Historically, over the last 10 years, the Packers have kept three and a half running backs on average every year. But they've also kept an average of 0.7 fullbacks on the roster. So the if you add running back and fullback together, it's well over four per year. It's about uh, 4.2 per year. We have no fullbacks on the roster. We have some tight ends that play like fullbacks. And I am going to reflect that when we cover our tight ends. I think you have three locks for running back. But you maybe have a fourth one that could sneak on there. And I did. I think I am putting four running backs on my projection. Obviously, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think we both agree Kylan Hill is a lock. 
My fourth running back is Dexter Williams. I don't think they keep four running backs, but I think they try to get both Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams onto the practice squad. So I think they go with the three, Jones, uh, Dylan, and Hill, and then they have the other two on the practice squad. I feel more confident in saying I think they'll keep four running backs than I do in in saying that it, that, that fourth will be Dexter Williams. But Patrick Taylor's kind of continual injury issues to me are a concern. And I think that Dexter has looked better on special teams than Patrick Taylor. I'm giving a very slight edge, like 51% to 49% for Dexter. But but I do feel relatively confident. I would say 60, 60 to 65% confidence. I think they'll keep a fourth running back. But maybe you're right. Maybe they try and put those guys on the practice squad and just count on activating one of them. Um, what, do they, what do they call it? Elevating. Elevating a guy from the practice squad if needed for a game day. Yeah, that's that's the way I think they're going to try to go. All right, so you have three. I have four. Are you keeping any guys that you're designating as fullbacks? No, I, I'll get to that when I get to tight ends. Okay. I also have zero fullbacks. So the wide receiver position got <laughs> a lot of clarity this week, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it came into focus a lot more. It stinks because Devin Funches has been put on IR. Uh, his season is over. There is a possibility that the Packers could decide to pay him an injury settlement and then he could go pay, play for a different team. But I don't think that's happening. His season appears to be over. I had him on my official roster before he got hurt. Taking him off makes it a lot easier to sort out the guys behind him, though. Yeah, I think it comes into uh, you get a little more clarity now with the picks for wide receiver. And I think I think it also means that they are much more likely to keep six rather than seven, which I thought was an outside possibility if Funches was still healthy. Just due to the number of really quality wide receivers they have, five never really felt like a reality this year. Six seemed like the right number. I had a hard time believing in seven. You know, in 2018, they kept eight wide receivers, and I I have looked at that number several times and thought, you know, I wonder if I need to go back. Maybe one of those wide receivers was like Ty Montgomery, and he was technically a running back. Right. It wasn't. I went back like every single one of those guys. You had, you know, your three rookies, Equinemius, uh, MVS, um, uh, uh, Jamon Moore. Then you had Devante and Randall Cobb and you had Trevor Davis bringing up the rear. It really was eight wide receivers. What a weird year. But typically the number is either five or six. And one other time in the last 10 years, they've kept seven. But this year, I'm going six. Your top four, obviously, Devontae, MBS, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb. Amari Rogers was a uh, third-round pick that they traded up for. You know he's making it. So it really comes down to a three-way race for wide receiver six. Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, or Equity Miss. Do you think there's anybody else that you would say is really in the running for that sixth wide receiver spot? No. Not to be little 
uh, Reggie Begleton, but I think that he's on the outside looking in behind those three guys. Who would you put down for wide receiver six? Wide receiver six, to me, because of his special team's value, is Malik Taylor. All right. Malik Taylor was the guy I chose as well. It was hard to give him the job over Juwan Winfrey, but it really sounds like Malik Taylor has separated himself um, pretty clearly in the last, I would say, week and a half to two weeks in training camp. I'm giving him the nod. I think... Jawan Winfrey is a guy that you can slip onto the practice squad pretty comfortably Yep. with six guys at the wide receiver position. Unfortunately, an injury is pretty likely to come up at some point. And Jawan Winfrey might get an opportunity at that point. And the Packers have, I don't think they've given him a single snap so far in the preseason games, meaning that there's no tape out there. So all that other teams see is, a guy who's bounced around a few teams and never really been able to do anything, and he's been on the Packers practice squad for two years. I don't think that there's going to be any interest from outside teams. You can, even though we know he's a, a pretty special player, I think you can slip him onto the practice squad, no problem. I agree. I, I think that Winfrey and Bagleton make the practice squad, and maybe EQ if they can find a way to fit him, if someone else doesn't grab him. I have all three of those guys. On my practice squad as well. Yep. Tight end is our second complicated spot because Jay Sternberger is suspended for two games, which means he he doesn't have to be on your initial 53. So you actually get technically 54 players on your 53-man roster, and you have two weeks to, or including the bye week, you have three weeks to decide before Jay Sternberger is unsuspended. Um, who you want to cut. Do you want to cut Jace? Do you want to cut somebody else to make room for Jace? Uh, has someone gotten injured in those first two weeks? That gives you some nice little flexibility there. I think there are three guys who are very clear cut, uh, very, very clear locks in Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, and Josiah DeGuara. I also have Dominique Daphne on there bringing a total of four tight ends plus Jay Sternberger on the suspension list. Is that what you have? Uh, I have Tunyon, Lewis, DeGuara, and Daphne on my initial 53, and Sternberger uh, is suspended. And I think Kafusi may make the practice squad. He's on my practice squad as well. You and I must spend a lot of time hanging out and talking to each other about football because <laughs> so far, so far, Dexter Williams is the only guy we've had even like a mild disagreement about here. Right, right. All right, tight end. Now, just a side note, I, I, I think that when Chase comes back, I think they keep five tight ends at that point. You look at how many tight ends slash H-backs LaFleur has had to go through in the last few years because Guys keep getting really banged up at that position. Just keep the five guys. One of them's going to get hurt really soon. Anyways, just keep the five guys. You got Kafusi on the practice squad, which means he's probably going to end up playing with the number of injuries you've had at that position in the last two years. Right. Make a cut somewhere else. That's my advice. I think that is probably wise. And look, injuries, if they happen in the first two games, could make that a moot point. But as of right now, I tend to agree with you. I think they'll keep five. So at offensive line, 
our third complicated position. I think you and I both agree David Bakhtiari is probably starting the year off on the pup list, which means we won't see him any sooner than week seven. Is that correct? That is correct. Which stinks. Um, but I, he hasn't even shown up in practice yet. So the the idea that he might be ready to go in, say, even the first four weeks seems like a you know an absolute fantasy. So at that point, you're talking about, you know, just maybe another two weeks. Just put him on the pup list. Uh, the Packers have kept between eight and nine offensive linemen every year. 8.6 is the number. If you take Bakhtiari and put him on the pup list, I am not sure how many offensive linemen I have. I don't know if I have seven or eight because... I ha- I have to cut a cornerback or an offensive lineman before we finish this episode, and I'm not sure which one to do. Well, we have to we have to take a look. So let's let's see where you're going with your offensive line first. All right. So historically, we have been keeping roughly four tackles. So you got Billy Turner and Elton Jenkins. I think are your starting tackles. Other guys in the mix, Yash Nyman, Dennis Kelly, and Ben Braden. These are the guys who could be competing for backup tackle positions. As of right now, I have Yash Nyman and Dennis Kelly both on my roster. Ben Braden, here's the thing with Ben Braden. Uh, LaFleur, Thursday, I think it was, of this week was talking about kind of some of those depth offensive linemen who were competing for tackle. And he listed uh, Royce Newman, Lucas Patrick, and John Runyon. No mention of Ben Braden, who just a couple weeks ago was getting snaps with the ones. Now he and Dennis Kelly have been getting snaps with the number twos, although Dennis Kelly has been hurt. Dennis Kelly... is is a massive question to me because number one, he has not been looking great. He's not been, I think, as advertised, and he's been hurt. Right now, we don't know how related those two things are. Yeah, I I, I don't know, I, and that that's what makes this such a hard position to estimate. Now, Josh Myers is a lock to me. Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins are locks. I think Royce Newman is a lock. I think John Runyon is a lock. Do you disagree with any of those five names? So far, we're on the same page. So after that, <laughs> I don't know. I got, I have Yash Nyman, Lucas Patrick, and Dennis Kelly. I think have, to me, have kind of separated themselves a little bit. And I know Yash did not look good to us in the Jets game, but he did look good to Adam Stenovich, who came out and said, yeah, I was pretty pleased with what Yash did. That was that was pretty much good. Well, I think he looked better in the Jets game than he did against Houston. You know what? Uh, Houston is what I was thinking of. I said Jets, but I was picturing the Texans as I said that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So I I do. Here Here's the uh, offensive lineman that I have put on the practice squad because I think this is a little bit easier. Okay. I think Jacob Copper is a pretty clear practice squad guy. It's hard to argue for putting him on the actual 53 but you can't let him go because he's been 
Did you know that he has, through two preseason games, via PFF, he has graded out as the number one rookie guard out of a lot of guards. I don't remember the exact number. Number two has been Royce Newman. Those two guys are one and two out of all rookie guards in the NFL through the first two preseason games this year. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Now, again, with with a guy like Capra, uh, he's going against, you know, third and fourth string guys by the time he gets into the game. But still very impressive to have him grading out that way. So he makes your practice squad. As does Cole Van Lannan, even though mm-hmm. he was a draft pick. That was a tough one for me. I just couldn't justify from what we've seen of him. I couldn't really justify putting him on the 53. I also have him on my practice squad and one of the last guys to cut, but definitely on the practice squad. I have Koi Kronk and Jake Hansen both on my practice squad. Uh, I have Hansen on my practice squad, but not Kronk. Koi Kronk, honestly, the reason he made it onto my practice squad is because, so the way the practice squad breaks down, you can have six veterans who have played for three or more years. You can have four players who have one or two years um in the league so that would be the the 20 i think the the 2020 2019 and 2020 right yes and then you could have six rookies so the reason koi kronk made it onto my list is because i had 15 guys and only five of them were rookies and i i couldn't fit another guy on there who had played a whole year already and Koi Kronk was my last rookie so that's why he made it onto my practice squad but I don't feel strongly about it okay so we have Bakhtiari on pup and you have Jenkins Myers Patrick Turner Newman Runyon Kelly and and Yash and Lucas Patrick I mentioned him I did mention Patrick but you don't have Ben Braden I I put Ben Braden on my practice squad okay that's where we differ. I think Braden will make it. I'm keeping nine offensive linemen at this point. And then I go with uh, I go with Van Lanen, Capra, and Hansen practice squad. Now, where do you have Lucas Patrick? Is he on your 53? Yes. Yes, he is. When you said nine offensive linemen, you're not including Bakhtiari on Pup. Correct. Okay. And And I could go back and forth here a little bit. I have to decide... Because I'm gonna I'm gonna post a picture of my 53 later. I have to decide. You know, I got that Nyman Patrick Kelly trio there of guys that I don't really believe in, but I feel like are trending toward making the 53. Mm-hmm. And then I got you know Ben Braden's on my practice squad. I feel like that kind of could go either way. Van Lannan, I just can't justify putting him on the 53. So it's it's pretty much Ben Braden versus one of Nyman, Patrick, or Kelly. And I'm only keeping eight offensive linemen plus Bakhtiari on Pup. So that's my offensive line. All right, so I have one extra offensive line. All righty. Um, was that Hanson? Oh, no, it was Van Lannan. V- Van Lannan. No, he's on my Pup, Van oh. Lannan. Who's your other guy? Well, okay, again, my nine would be uh, as we go. Jenkins, Myers, Patrick, Turner, Newman, Runyon, Braden, Kelly, Yash. Um, 
All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read mine. <laughs> I'll read mine off again. Tell tell me which two I'm missing. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Turner Jenkins Myers, Newman right. Runyon, Nyman Patrick Kelly. So I'm missing Ben Braden and who? Braden. No, that's it. Braden. You have you have nine. Oh yeah, I have eight plus Braden on on the practice squad. Okay, that's that's how it shakes out. All right, D okay. D line is. An easy four. And then and then and then one more spot that I think you got two clear candidates fighting for it. Right. So Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry, and TJ Slayton to me are locks. Agreed. And then my fifth spot, I'm giving a slight edge to Tyler Lancaster because I think the coaches specifically Jerry Montgomery trust his current ability level more. And I think Jack Heflin is fighting for that fifth roster spot with Tyler Lancaster. And I think, I think you'd argue Heflin probably has the high upside, but you got, uh, you go ahead and and tell me your thoughts on the D line. I want to find a quote from uh, Jerry Montgomery just a, a day or two ago about, um, about Heflin. Okay, well, to me, you, you got your four locks, as you said. Clark, Lowry, Kiki, Slayton. And then it comes down to either Lancaster or Heflin. I think Lancaster probably makes it because they're confident they can squeeze Heflin onto the practice squad. And I would also put Carlo Kemp on the practice squad as well. So here's here's what uh, Montgomery had said about Heflin is that although he really liked him, he actually said the sentence that Heflin is not where they need him to be right now. Mm-hmm. But but I do I do think that his upside is higher than Lancaster's. Right. And I think there's going to be a lot of uh, frustrated fans going, why are we keeping Lancaster? He's terrible. He's not terrible, but fans are going to say that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and go and, you know, look at Heflin's upside. And I would just say Heflin's going to be a guy who's really easy to sneak onto the practice squad. I don't think there's going to be anybody taking a look at Jack Heflin on, on our practice squad. You keep developing him and maybe later in the year, maybe next year, he can be a, a quality starter for you. I agree they'll be able to put him on the practice squad. They'll probably even elevate him for a couple of games, let him see some action. Uh, but to me, he's a diamond in the rough. He's a guy you need to develop, but he probably needs a little more time. Okay, so you got five D linemen, right? Yep. Um, and your fifth was Lancaster? Yes. Okay. Man, we're so in sync. <laughs> do, you, do we want to talk about linebackers today? Because that's... That's a topic that is always heated. <laughs> it, it is, but yeah, we have to talk about linebackers. Well, this is another one that got muddier or maybe more clarity this week, depending on how you look at it. Kamal yeah, Martin's shocking release changes the math here a bit. Yes, it does. And I was very disappointed, but not, uh, you know, can't say it was a shock. It was a surprise. Kamal is was such an interesting player here because he was I, I didn't like him at all in the draft. He was one of my lower 
uh, linebackers total in the draft. And we, we picked him up in the fifth round. And I just had to kind of put my hands up and say, I'm going to trust Goody on this one because he knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. And then his rookie year, I thought he looked fantastic. And there were some issues with his game. And we talked about it a lot here where he was almost too decisive. He would knife through into the backfield and it was the wrong decision. <laughs> right, right. And then this year in training camp, we knew early on, and we've talked about it often on this show, we knew early on there was trouble in paradise um, with 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 uh, Kamal Martin. He was just fluttering down the depth chart quickly. And then they, then yeah. they moved him to outside linebacker, and then he gets hurt. You just knew something wasn't clicking. Disappointing. Um, so I think he got two clear locks and then probably two s- jobs to be won behind those two locks. Would you agree with that? Well, which Who are your two locks? Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell. Okay, so you're doing... All right. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, say... in- inside linebacker. Inside linebacker. Yeah, just to clarify. Okay. Yeah, Barnes and Campbell, I think, are locks. And I think that Burks and Summers are not quite locks, but pretty darn close, mostly because of experience and special teams. Yeah. Yeah, so you got you got four or five linebackers here. Barnes and Campbell, and then probably Summers is as close to a lock as you could get. I would put him a little bit ahead of Oren Burks because although Burks had a great game against the Texans, he looked terrible again against the Jets. And then your only question really is, do you think you have anything in McDuffie or not? I I think they will put McDuffie on the practice squad or the way McDuffie makes this roster and and injuries really limited him in, in the first half of training camp. He wasn't even out there. He has to have an outstanding game on special teams to make this roster again and against Buffalo. He's got to stand out on special teams. Well, and Summers and Burks make the roster almost exclusively on special teams. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one, but you know what? If I put McDuffie on my practice squad instead of Coy Cronk, then I would not have to cut a cornerback. <laughs> well, there you go. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm I'm taking McDuffie off my 53. I'm keeping four inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. And uh and I I'm I'm going to I'm going to keep an extra cornerback not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but I think that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Oh, all right. Outside backers. Actually, at inside backers, so I have McDuffie on the practice squad. I have, um, is that it for me for inside backers on the practice squad? I guess it is. Well, it's either have what Ray Wilburn or uh, Dijon Harris. Those yeah. are the remaining two candidates. I have both those I guys be surpri- as cut candidates, actually. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Wilburn sticks around on the, on the practice squad, but not a lock by any means. No, not by any means. So at outside backer. You have three clear-cut locks. Right. You have, over the last 10 years, 
the average is almost five. It's 4.7. And you have another little clue to throw in there of um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Jerry. Mike Smith, Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach the other day saying there is no fourth linebacker. The fourth linebacker is a special teams guy. Right. And that was what he said. And he certainly didn't mention the fifth linebacker. So maybe you keep four at the outside linebacker position instead of five. How many are you going to be? I think they're keeping five. I also have five on mine. I, I think he goes to Darius, Preston, Smith, Rashawn, Gary. Those three are your locks. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have Garvin and Galea as the last two making the roster with Delonte Scott making the practice squad. The only thing that I don't have is I don't have Delonte Scott on the practice squad. Okay. Um, you go, do you go Chauncey Rivers on the practice squad? Chauncey Rivers know? is on my practice squad, yeah. Okay. One of them is making the practice squad. One of them, yeah. And I'm I'm going I'm going uh, Chauncey Rivers. So we're pretty much in sync when it comes to inside and outside linebackers. Yes. <clears throat> you may disagree with me here on cornerback because I am breaking tradition. Instead of keeping six cornerbacks, which is pretty much tradition – I'm keeping seven. One of them is making the roster almost exclusively because of special teams. Cornerback, by the way, historically is the position that has um, the highest maximum and the highest minimum over the last 10 years. Okay. So I'm taking cornerback. I think Jair, King, Stokes, and Sullivan are all locks. Do you agree with that? Yes. And then um, I think you have anywhere from two to three roster spots available behind those four. I'm keeping Shamar Jean Charles. I'm keeping KB on Ento. And I'm keeping Isaac Yadam. I agree with that. I agree with all of those picks. Well, I will. I'll PayPal you later. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they let go of, uh, of the guy they just signed, Denmark. Yeah, I didn't consider him for a second. Something that I'm noticing, though, as I'm looking over my practice squad, I didn't keep any practice squad corners, but I have seven on the active roster. So Right, so you don't need it. Right. And then I'm keeping five safeties. Mm-hmm. And I'm really torn about safety number five. And I think that I think you and I agree on the top four, most likely. So we should have a debate about safety five. Am I correct on this? Okay. Go ahead. Well, Darnell, Adrian Amos, Vernon Scott, Henry Black, and safety number five. Okay. Um, I go with Innis Gaines as safety number five with Christian Uphoff on my practice squad. I think that's the way I'm leaning as well, but it's tough. And here's the thing. Christian Uphoff, I think you would argue, has the athletic upside over Gaines. But Gaines has been ahead of Uphoff for the last few weeks in uh, in snaps in practice, and I think also in the preseason games. I think he's more ready to contribute if needed on defense now. So, I... I guess we don't really disagree here. We both kind of say Innis Gaines, but 
but it's tough. And 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 here's the other thing: is that the argue the big argument for keeping a fifth safety is teams. And I think Uphoff might be the better special teams guy because of his athleticism. Right. I I, I might I might put Christian Uphoff as my as my safety five for that reason, honestly. Okay. Uh, that that's fair. It's gonna be a close one. I look, I talked about Christian Uphoff before training camp even started, and I, I am rooting for him. I think he's got a future. I just think he's probably one year on the practice squad away from realizing that. Now, uh, I, I didn't ask you to add this up, but I think we're pretty close on our numbers anyways. Did you split between offense and defense? Or what, uh, you you, you want to take a second and add those up? I have. I had, I had 24 on offense. I could tell you that. I also had 24 on offense, which means we both had 26 on defense and three special teamers. Right. Gosh, it would be interesting if they did not keep a long snapper on the initial 53 and tried to buy a little bit of time to find another long snapper. It's not going to happen, but, man, that would be interesting. (laughs) Interesting (laughs) is one way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is an interesting 53. Something that struck me on this was how few jobs were really open, and it seemed like most of them were for backup offensive linemen. Usually I feel like I get to about 40 every year. And then that last roughly 13 is kind of up in the air. Mm -hmm. This year I really started at about 49 and was just playing around with about four players or four, four positions, uh, you know, with, with eight or nine players dancing in and out of there. Yeah, no, it, 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 this, Look, this is a team that is bringing back 20 out of 22 starters from last year. The only people who are not back is one inside linebacker, which was either Kirksey or Kamal Martin, depending on the game, and your center, uh, Corey Lindsley, who left via free agency. Other than that, you got 20 out of your 22 starters. With an asterisk next to Bakhtiari's name. Right. But okay, he's on the he's still with the team, even if he's not going to necessarily start the season on the active roster. He still may. We don't know. But uh, yeah. So, you know, you've got most of your starting spots set and, you know, you have a couple of battles, obviously the injury to Bakhtiari. So you have two guard spots that are up in the air instead of one. Uh, You know, the center looks like it's pretty much set. Uh, and look, we've been talking about wide receiver six, running back three, safety three and four, th- you know, cornerback six. This is where we've been discussing these openings because this is a deep and talented team. And and I'm telling you right now, um, wouldn't surprise me if one or two players are traded for a conditional sixth or seventh round draft pick. Wouldn't surprise me if a lot of players the Packers let go are picked up by other teams because this is a quality roster that goes beyond 53 deep. Okay. Give me your, your prediction here. Cause you said you could see one or two guys getting traded. Who would those, who would your top candidates be there? Well, before the injury Funches was probably my top candidate for that. Uh, if they wanted to go that way, but uh, not so much uh, a- any longer. Um, and then I, I think, you know, the possibility remains that they might try to move uh, 
a running back, whether it's Taylor or Dexter Williams, that to me is still a possibility. Some of the depth on the offensive line, you might be able to move a Ben Braden. Uh, again, you don't get much for these guys, but you get something and maybe even a tight end to break that log jam. Although I think they'll stick with the five overall. I think, And then Kurt Bankard, I think you have to consider as a possibility of yeah. being traded for a sixth or seventh round pick. Atlanta, he's got experience in that offense if, and they have an injury at quarterback. If they're not sold on Josh Rosen, who they just signed, you know, you could you you, you could see them making that trade to make sure they get him because he may not clear waivers. You know who the Falcons just brought in for workout too was Blake Bortles. Yeah, ironic, huh? I, I think Lucas Patrick heads the top of my list of guys who I think are candidates to be traded. And we've I could see that. Now he's been getting first team looks at left guard, which I don't love. I, I kind of would rather see John Runyon at left guard and Royce Newman at right guard. Right now, it looks like it's Lucas Patrick at left guard and Royce Newman at right guard. Yeah. Which is, uh, which. by the way, Royce Newman at right guard is something I would like to, depending on how well he plays during the year, obviously, I, I would be interested in seeing that continue into the regular season. Bump Elton Jenkins back into left guard when Bakhtiari comes back keep Royce Newman at right guard and let him just play out the whole season at right guard. Let him get that experience and those reps and just really learn the position and just be our long-term right guard starter. I think that is very likely. I think that's the most likely scenario. And then you have a battle for left guard to start the season between Runyon and Patrick, depending on who's going to win that one. And there's a big argument in favor of Runyon because Lucas Patrick has that contract that you could move off from and honestly save a, a, a hefty little chunk of change. You'd save $2 million by moving on from him. There's nobody else that you could move on from and save any substantial kind of money with no dead cap hit, especially if you could trade Lucas Patrick, which I think you might be able to. That's just even more compensation. By the way, there's a couple of, of players we got to comment on for anybody who doesn't keep up with all the latest and greatest breaking news. So in the last week, obviously, we mentioned Devin Funches has been placed on injured reserve. We did sign defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson, who replaced uh, Josh Avery, who has not been around very long. We signed Stephen Denmark who replaced uh, Kadar Holman, who we traded to the Texans for a seventh-round pick next year. We also released Chris Blair. That was He and Kadar Holman were two guys on our list last week of five guys to cut to get down to um, uh, what's 80. 80. Right. Will Redmond, of course, is on injured reserve. Will Redmond and... Randy Ramsey are interesting to talk about because they were such big factors on special teams and they do leave some pretty big shoes to fill, which is one of the reasons that I think Oren Burks and Ty Summers really are pretty close to almost locks to make the team because you need you need those high athleticism upside special teamers. 
You do. And look, I don't have to tell any regular listener to this podcast how troublesome special teams has been to the Packer organization over the last four or five years, maybe longer. So, you know, they've struggled in both preseason games on kick return coverage, punt return coverage, kick returns and punt returns, too. So I think it is vital that Maurice Strayton be given the players he needs to make the special teams work. All right, real quick, let's go through our practice squad. Read off your practice squad to me uh, slow enough that I can cross off the guys who are also on mine, and then I'll tell you which ones I did not have on mine. Okay, uh, Bankert is one. Williams and Patrick, uh, Patrick Taylor would be the next two. You can go a little bit faster I, than that. Okay. <laughs> I have EQ, Winfrey, and Bagleton. Okay. Kafusi. Okay. Uh, Van Lanen and Hansen. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Heflin and Kemp. Okay. Uh, Delante Scott. Okay. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie. All right. And uh, let's see. Uh, I think you're missing two guys here. I think I'm missing two guys. Up off. Up off. And then I think your other one was J.J. Molson, right? Yeah, J.J. Molson, which we never we didn't get to. But yes. Okay, so there you listed three guys. Dexter Williams and Christian Uphoff are on my 53. Delonte Scott, I have getting cut. So that would leave. I had I had Ben Braden on my practice squad. And if not Ben Braden, then one of Yash Nyman or Lucas Kelly, or maybe we trade or cut Lucas Patrick. Okay. I also had Chauncey Rivers on my practice squad. Okay. And I had Jacob Capra and and then you had Innis Gaines on your 53. I had Christian Uphoff, so we just swapped those. Right, right. So in addition to those guys, here are the guys that I have as getting cut. Steven Denmark and Abdullah Anderson. I know many tears will be shed for those newcomers. <laughs> uh, Jake Dolagala. Right. Newcomer wide receiver Damon Hazleton Jr. Yes. All right. Now we're going to get into some names people have heard of. Willington Prevalon. Mm-hmm. DeJohn Harris. Mm-hmm. Ray Wellborn. Delonte Scott and Koi Kronk. Those are my cut candidates. Okay. Did you did you write down your cuts or or no? I did not write down the cuts. Okay. So then we have uh, five guys on IR. Funchess, Isaac Nauta, Randy Ramsey, Will Redmond, DeAndre Tompkins. None of those guys are eligible to come back this year. Bakhtiari, we think, is going to get moved to Pup. And uh, Jace is suspended and Jace for two is weeks. Jace is suspended for the first two games. Right. So there we think are your 2021 Green Bay Packers. We will find out in less than a week. It'll be interesting and fun fact. Um, I I never I never heard your demo tape for PackersTalk.com, but my demo t- tape that I sent in was my analysis reading the official fifty three that did get published. 
So ah. so basically basically a week from uh week from today would have been when I recorded it. Sent in my demo tape and uh you know it was all magical from there. Well, I think my demo tape actually I think I predicted the final fifty three. And uh yeah, so it's been about a year, which is hard to believe. Really exciting. I think this is gonna be episode fifty one for us that you're listening to right now. And uh then by by a happy little circumstance, you know, this this year, week one episode is gonna be against the Saints. And uh last year it was week three against the Saints, and that was our first ever episode of Packers Talk. I'm not Packers Talk, of No Huddle Radio on Packers Talk. Right. So our anniversary is coming up. Really excited. We're gonna try to try to do some fun stuff for that episode. But for now, that does it for us for today. We'll be right back here next week for the bye week and uh, reacting to the official Real 53 and seeing how we did. Follow us on Twitter at Kilpackers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at askmohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not